I'm also back. We are the Serial Thrillers. And we're here for another exciting episode of The Freshest Guests with Breakfast. Yeah. Oh, you nailed it that time. Thanks. Sounded, I've, been, I've been practicing since our first good. episode. It's like one of those things where you do those tongue twisters, like unique New York, unique New York. I'm like, freshest guests with breakfast, freshest guests with breakfast. Well, I think it, it really works. I think, you know, rhyme is a complicated thing, but I think we finally mastered it. <laughs> rhyme is a complicated <laughs> thing, Nick. <laughs> we'll save that for the um, linguistics podcast. Yeah. So today is a family affair. Yes. So as everyone knows, Paul and I are both Coens, but we are not related, at least not closely. But you know how the world works. I technically, aren't we all related? Like it all stemmed from like two people. That is a very uh, Judeo-Christian view of the world, Paul. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to... Or whatever. Shut up. <laughs> We're a very progressive podcast. Um, so today we actually have a guest who's very special to me, and Paul just met her for the first time. This is my sister, Chelsea Cohen. So we have three Cohens on this podcast. A Cohen trifecta. A Cohen, Cohen, first... and... Uh... Cohen. Yeah. First Hi, Chelsea. I've never done. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, do you want to let us know what cereal you brought for us to enjoy today? So the cereal I chose for this podcast is Reese's Puffs. All right. Reese's uh, Puffs. Paul, have you had a lot of Reese's Puffs in I your mean, life? I've never had it before. First time. First time, wow. long time. Do you consider this as obscure as some of the other cereals we featured, like Oreo O's? I don't remember this existing when I was a kid, so I want to know when Reese's Puffs came out, but... See, this is interesting to me because I feel like this was a very normal cereal, but it's also probably because it was like just a staple of our childhood. Yeah, this was a classic. Yeah, it was like this. You know what I will admit doing is that I used to mix Reese's Puffs and Kicks. Oh, I can see that working. Which have like a similar shape and texture, but uh, they like essentially they balance out the healthy with the tasty. Well, Reese is, is really trying to sell us that this is healthy because on the side it's like whole grain only. <laughs> yeah, this is we've had some cereals on the podcast that don't even pretend to try to be healthy, but Reese's Puffs is like, yeah, whole grains. Yeah. Also, it makes me want to watch basketball. Yeah, so uh, currently Reese's Puffs is running a promotion uh, with NBA 2K and it looks like they're trying to somehow tie that if you eat Reese's Puffs, you will You'll become play a... basketball. Yeah, there's a strong correlation between people who eat Reese's Puffs well, and people in the NBA. I don't know why, but I feel like every morning Steph Curry wakes up, but he's like, <laughs> I got to get myself energy for the game. <laughs> Reese's Puffs. You know, a lot of those guys have to eat so many calories that wouldn't surprise me. That's true. Like Phelps, Michael Phelps, the swimmer, he had to eat like 10,000 calories a day. Yeah. Do you ever see The Rock on Instagram, how much he eats? No. Now I'm just going on a tangent, but... <laughs> Follow uh, The Rock on Instagram. <laughs> Shout out to The Rock. <laughs> um, He's listening. Yeah. No, this is cool. So, Chelsea, what is it about Reese's Puffs that really draws you to them? I mean, I think it's very, it's a very non-cereal-like cereal in that it's really more like candy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and we ate it. <laughs> so you didn't want cereal, you just wanted candy, but you needed an acceptable way to eat it? I basically think that's true. Um, it's like candy you can have for breakfast. That makes sense. Um, we ate a lot of it growing up, and what always unnerved me about it is that it also looks extremely like dog food. 
Oh, oh my god. My, yeah. I don't know if I ever thought of that, but now that you mention it, <laughs> I think that is so apt. We had several dogs growing up, and I could literally, now that I'm staring into this cup, uh, we're doing, uh, we're eating out of Red Solo cups again for this episode also. <laughs> I'm like, stare, Classy. it's like I'm staring into the eyes of dog when, food. When people think of the Cohen brothers with the H, they think classy. <laughs> that should be our tagline. <laughs> It's a very long tagline. That's, that's not catchy at all. Um, oh my god, this does look kind of like dog food. But yet, that never unnerved you, or like well, you never it stopped you from did. eating it. It never stopped me from eating it. But I always kind of wondered, um, you know, yeah. if maybe my younger brother wanted to play a joke on me if mm-hmm. he realized that it looked like dog food. Mm-hmm. He could have switched out the cereal for dog food. I Do was, we have an exclusive? <laughs> I was not smart enough to have ever thought of that. Considering but, he literally just realized it looked like dog food. This apparently yeah. did not occur to him. Well, it's true because where we kept cereal in our pantry growing up was also kind of like directly above where the dog food was. So I guess by proximity, like some of the dog food may have floated out of the bag <laughs> and got up into the box. So Ooh, maybe it was like a freaky Friday scenario where the cereal switched places. <laughs> <laughs> they woke up at each other's crunchy bodies yeah. <laughs> and got to experience it for a day. I think these are just, <laughs> on a serious note, I think these are just kicks with peanut butter flavoring. Is it the same company? Kicks is, is General Mills, right? And this is General know. Mills. Well, what are the, so what, what, what's, what's the big cereal? Who, who's big cereal? General Mills, Post, and who's Cheerios? Uh, Kellogg? Kellogg? Kellogg's yes. has frosted flakes. Kellogg's frosted flakes. Isn't right? Kellogg's part of the I think Kellogg's is Rice Krispies, though. Mm-hmm. I think they're um, Tony the Tiger one. Yeah, we'll they put it in great. the show notes. It's like I'm sorry, I didn't do more cereal research. Yeah, before. we'll do an org <laughs> chart for the for the show notes <laughs> that just shows uh, the effect of big cereal on on the food industry. <laughs> Yeah, so I know, like, we definitely ate a lot of cereal growing up. One of my fondest memories of cereal is that we'd always get, like, those sample boxes where it was just, like, the pack of, like, 12 individual boxes. And I thought that was a great way to, like, hook kids on different cereal, which now that I'm thinking about it, that's probably literally the point of it is so that kids could try a bunch of different cereal. Well, and it's also really smart because you they're, like, I think they were, like, 12 packs or six packs. Yeah, it was, and, like, a 12 pack. But there was always one or two cereals you didn't want in there. So technically you had to keep buying that at a quicker pace than you would eat because – like one cereal would be left over because no one wanted it. Yeah, like I can visually, I can like picture like the corner of our counter just like filling up with like honey smacks or yes. whatever those are called, sugar smacks. Uh, smacks. I think honey, I think. Well, I think yeah. yeah. I can just picture them. That's how much I don't like them. I don't know what they're called. No, that was the, also the same cereal I pictured when you started talking about the one no one wanted. <laughs> that eat, stupid so. frog. So like yeah. maybe it was just <laughs> leave the fro- frog alone. Maybe it was just a really genius like selling point to be like, oh, these aren't selling. Let's put them with other cereal. I'm sure that's probably the exact conversation yeah. they had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Reese's Puffs for me like. I think they really do remind me of my childhood more than anything else. And I think especially when I go home to see my parents, they always stock up on Reese's Puffs. So many boxes of Reese's Puffs. And I'm kind of like, please stop buying them because I'll eat them. <laughs> Your parents seem cool. I think we've talked about this before, but like, I think the most unhealthy we would get, we were allowed to get in my household was maybe Cocoa Pebbles. Oh, yeah. Our parents were pretty good about get, letting us get whatever cereal we wanted. Yeah. There wasn't really a ton of restriction in that sense. Um but I feel like, I don't know, cereal was definitely big for us. Like, I feel like we ate it a lot. Did you, I don't know if I ever paid attention to your breakfast habits. Did you, like, <laughs> eat a lot of cereal for breakfast, or was it more of, like, a snack thing? I think it was breakfast, but also sometimes I would just eat it for lunch or uh-huh. dinner. 
Would your parents would yeah. your parents start in like a Ziploc bag and take it and you take it to school? No. Okay. <laughs> Is that a thing people do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh. But no. did they bring milk in the Ziploc? No, bag? If, I think if it was like the cooler candy cereal, people would just eat it. Oh. I was never allowed to, mom, dad, because what <laughs> we always have like special K. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel Raisin like... Bran was always flowing in the Cohen household. Uh, uh, the Paul <laughs> Cohen household. So we have to be a little bit more specific. <laughs> yeah. Um, did like, were you, because I was. Three years younger than you in school, so I didn't get to see you. Like, wait, so wait, are you three years younger or three years younger in school? Well, they're different. So Chelsea uh, is. You can tell the story of how you got higher. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of podcast? Is this? No, because you like half skipped the grade. You skipped the grade. I did, but it's more complicated than that. Yeah, so I was in first grade, and it was near the end of first grade. And they asked me, they were like, do you want to move to second grade? I mean, this is the simplistic, I'm sure there was a lot more complicated in that, but this is how my simplistic six-year-old mind remembers it. They were like, do you want to move to second grade? And I was like, sure. So I moved to second grade for like the last two months of the school year. And then the next year I went to third grade. Whoa, you must have been killer at coloring in the lines. (laughs) I am actually terrible at coloring in the lines. I don't really know what we learned in first grade, but I I don't think much. I remember learning the thing like when you put two or more letters together and then they make a different sound. I don't know what it's called. Someone help me. What's that called? Like GH. No, <laughs> there's like it's a it's G H. You have a degree in linguistics, okay? I do, that's true. Uh, it's like if you put like G H together, and it goes like huh, or like. F- <laughs> there's a very. I remember they were all up on the wall. Anyway, G-H, listeners, the. please, uh, listeners, please write in with the answer to this question. <laughs> like a T is a t, and an H is a huh, but together they're the. Yes. Which is actually one letter in IPA. Represented by a theta. There's the Mind blown. Uh, is that is that a, a diphthong? No, a diphthong is a vowel. That Wasn't that a Cisco song? <laughs> a diphthong is like a vowel that goes through two or more sounds. So like sound, like it's one vowel technically. It's two vowels put together to make like one sound. Keep going. This is good. <laughs> You're really uh, keeping the facts going. Yeah. No, well, that's... and actually, like her explaining it makes sense why she skipped those grades. I know she's like, I, I know all about diphthongs. I don't need you second grade. <laughs> yeah. Bring on yeah. multiplication tables. That was what we learned in third grade. Multiplication mm-hmm. tables. Mm. Hmm. I remember my facts very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, in terms of high school, uh, did you eat breakfast every day before high school, or were you more of a skip breakfast, go straight to school person? I don't remember. Really? Yeah. I feel like everyone is either one of those people. They either ate breakfast every day or they skipped and went straight to school. I don't remember. I remember I, in high school, I would go straight to school and I would buy like these disgusting blueberry muffins that they had like stored in some kind of humidifier, basically, that just made these packages so full of like water. And yeah. I, you know what? I was always a bring your uh, lunch to school kid until like later in high school. And I was like, cereal, I'm going to go chance it with the school breakfast. (laughs) That was not very good. But it made me feel like a rebel. Yeah. I remember my elementary school had like this buttered toast that they would serve for breakfast sometimes that I thought was just like honestly one of the most delicious things I ever had. (laughs) And it was like, I I could vividly remember like sixth or seventh grade, like begging my parents for like quarters so I could get this toast in the morning. (laughs) I don't even think anything was different. I just And they were like, we buy you. 
an insane amount of Reese's Puffs. <laughs> you don't need these quarters. Yeah. No, it's cool. Um, so wait, did you get, well, because you were um, like a senior in high school and he was a freshman because mm-hmm. you're three grades older. Three grades. Two but years. two years? Yes. Mm. So did you guys commute to high school together? Like, what was it like? Like, did we? What I don't was know. Your, what was your I'm high school hard... dynamic like? Uh, I think it was interesting because it was kind of the first time we ever like hung out as people. Yeah. Ew, you hung out with a freshman. I know. <laughs> well, we were both at marching band, and I think, uh, I think it was one of those things where it's like we had never, we'd always had just like the sibling relationship before, and it was the first time we kind of crossed into having the same friend group. So we went to different elementary schools too. Yeah. So we hadn't had, we hadn't like been together in school since you were in. Yeah, I was in second grade, and then they found out I was really smart, so they put me in a better school, and Chelsea had to stay at the first school. Well, but she did skip a grade, so... I think that's pretty accurate. So, wait, so you got promoted grade-wise, but you got promoted school-wise? That's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough. I think it's tough. Who could say? Um, Yeah, but... What's your IQ? Oh, God, I don't even know. What's your IQ? At least... At least 50. <laughs> you win. Yeah, that's true. At least I have a vague idea. Um, I don't know. I feel like you... Did you drive to high school? No. Oh. I guess we must have... I mean, we both went by car. Yeah. <laughs> we never took a bus. Uh, you never I took t- a horse. I took a bus the first week or so I was in high school. Uh-huh. I hated it. And since mom will probably listen to this podcast, I'm going to tell this story that she later told me that when I took the bus to high school, she followed the bus in her car. Oh my God. To make sure. That's something about, that's a very cool mom thing to do. My mom probably did that. Didn't tell me. You didn't know that at the time she told you later on. No, she told me much later. Oh, that's kind of fun. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. So your mom mom. was your stalker. (laughs) You know, of all the people to have as a stalker, your mom's probably yeah up there. Yeah, top three choice. You know the what's the children's book called? Um, My mom is a stalker. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's like I love you. I love you forever. Is I think what it's called. Oh, yeah, that mom one. Mom used to read it to us all the time, and it actually creeps me out. Yeah. Because it's, like, the mom talking to the kid, and she's like, I'll love you forever no matter what, and as the kid grows up. But, like, one of the pictures is, like, the kid sleeping, and the mom is, like, on her hands and knees outside his bedroom door, like, looking at him to make sure he's okay. And, like, it always just creeps me out. There's one, too, where, like, she's outside his window, like, on a ladder, like, looking yeah. in of the room. And it's basically, like, a mom being, like, no matter what, like, as we grow up and, like, we're all adults, like, I'll always love you but it's really just like i'm always gonna stalk you yeah it's like that show you on netflix i'm not familiar it's a stalker show oh good to know it's fun <laughs> we'll we'll put a link to it in the show notes okay uh yeah that was kind of the first time and then we had the same thing in college where again you we went to the same school and you were a senior and i was a freshman and again we were kind of ended up in the same friend group he joined my sorority it's a long story it, it's it's too long for this episode wait in college you hung out with a freshman <laughs> unfortunately um but no i think i think those were both interesting years because it was kind of the time we moved away from just like waking up in the morning in the same house and going to bed together in the same house to like actually spending our days together Mm -hmm. and not like, obviously not like constantly, but like having like a shared experience like that, I think definitely like strengthened our relationship. Yeah. Um, And then I think like as adults, again, like you went to grad school on the other side of the country and then eventually we both wound up in New York together. And I think again, it's kind of like we go through these periods where we're apart and then we overlap and then we kind of swing in that direction. That was very deep. I was. I'm into this. Wow. Yeah. Discovering so much. <laughs> How close are you guys? 
right now we're like six, two feet six inches? Oh, yeah six inches probably yeah uh really guys <laughs> i don't know um that's cool so you um <laughs> so not close <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like—is this the most you guys talked? <laughs> no, I mean, we always try and get like try to get dinner at least like once or twice a month or so. Yeah, that's that's close. Well, originally you were in Astoria, and I was in Washington Heights. So basically, different countries. Right, and then I moved to Brooklyn, but you were still in Astoria. So again, still different countries. Right, but then you moved to Brooklyn. Yeah. And now we've seen each other more often. Yeah. So the moral of the story <laughs> is New York City is very large, and live in the same borough as the people you want to hang out with. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you are a you work in publishing. I do. But by night you're a writer. Mm-hmm. Did you write My Mom is a Stalker? Because I <laughs> love that one. <laughs> I did. It'd um, <laughs> be so funny. It's like a time time travel thing where like in one year you write the book and then at the same time you like find a time machine and you just like I know what I must do. <laughs> Shape the lives of countless children. Yeah, and then at that same moment, you like someone tries to murder you, but then Bob's outside your window, and it all just and it all fulfilling together. Yeah, I mean that would be an interesting story. That would that you could write a book about that. Very meta. Very autobiographical. Yeah, very odd children's book, but they they grow up a lot faster nowadays with the the interweb. Uh, but you do mostly short story writing, right? I do. Do you want to talk about any of that? Any anything you're written? Any stuff you're doing in terms of writing? So uh, one piece of exciting news is that yesterday um, I sold my first, well, not m- sold my first short story, but it's the first short story I'm getting professional rates for. Ooh, um, congratulations. Thank you. That's cool. Um, so it's actually one of my favorite stories I've ever written. So kind of like my writing aesthetic has changed over the years. Um, the first story I ever wrote was called The Little Girl Who Cried I'm Drowning. Um, <laughs> it was, may have been a ripoff of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> It not was confirmed, about, but... Not unconfirmed. Um, it was about a little girl who always pretended she was drowning, and then one day she was actually drowning, and no one believed her, and she died. I think I remember reading this story. This sounds familiar. Yeah. So at, Dark. <laughs> at the elementary school that I went to and that Nick went to for his first couple years of school, um, they had this program that was called the Imagination Station. And what it was, it was like a bunch of the moms, like, they set up in a classroom and you could bring in printed out copies of your stories and they would like bind them in this little book and you would like put a sticker on the cover and you could decorate the cover so it was like you published a book. Um, our parents still have all of these in their house in Arizona. It's actually really cool because it's like you actually left with like a little like book sized book. No, I think, <laughs> it's, like a, I think it's cool and it's, yeah. it's very normal. I, I um over like I was at my parents house recently and uh, my mom kind of told me she has this like draw and it has like all this stuff from like school or whatever for ever, ever, if I was ever in like the newspaper or something like that. It was really cool. Oh, she had like clips if you were in the news. I thought no, you like, meant, like... No, no, like like clips of everything from like stuff I did in school. Like if I wrote a sh- story or like if I was in the newspaper for something. And it's all like this whole yeah. like collection of me. I thought you meant that, like, in case you were ever in the newspaper in the future, you had, like, all these Have you seen this boy? (laughs) Here's his first grade report card. (laughs) Um, Oh, shit. We should eat some cereal. uh, So we we poured the cereal earlier, but now we have to pour milk. Uh, Does everyone have enough milk? So, again, Paul and I are drinking soy. Chelsea's drinking whole. I will have to say, um, through this experience, I, I really like soy milk. You know, all it takes is one, uh, it only takes one cup. 
<laughs> it only takes one cup to change. I know bag. that's the phrase on the cereal. <laughs> The soy milk on the top, it says it's not a mystery, it's a bean. <laughs> Which <laughs> is just... Mean? I think it's like... Oh, because I think people, people are like, like what, what is, is soy? It? Yeah, and it's like, it's not a mystery, it's a bean. <laughs> Which is like a nice attempt at like a tagline. <laughs> oh, oh my god, my, like these really do taste like kicks with a peanut butter flavoring. Yeah, um, and um, it, I think one of the great things about Reese's Puff too is they really do make the milk happy. Um, you know, it just it really just it seeps into the milk, and then eventually you wind up with like chocolate peanut butter milk, which, which you, then you drink. You could either drink or you could reinvest it into a milkshake, or pour it back in and save it for later. <laughs> yeah, just keep it in your fridge, and next time you have a bowl of Reese's Puffs, you have a starter. <laughs> You're like the milk already got a head start on the flavor. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember growing up, you were always a very book person. Mm-hmm. Um. And you're still a very book person, and you work in publishing, and you write. Whereas I feel like I never had something in my childhood that is still, like, something related to what I do. Like, I feel like I'm someone who's always, like, moved around interests. And you, like, definitely have other interests outside of writing, but I feel like it's always been, like, this main driving thing throughout your life. Do you remember if there was, like, a specific point where you, like, realized, like, I want to be a writer, I want to work with books? Or do you think it's just kind of always been ingrained? I think it's just kind of always been ingrained. I mean, I don't remember a time where, like, I didn't enjoy writing. Um, even stories like The Little Girl Who Cried on Drowning. Um, I remember I never really thought of publishing as a career until I was in college. Um, and it was actually when I went to the linguistics office to add my aforementioned linguistics major. They had, like, this poster on the wall that was like, what can you do with a degree in linguistics? And one of the things listed on there was go into publishing. And I had just never thought about that hmm. and I was very much in my like junior year panic of like oh shit what am I going to do after college yeah um so I saw that poster and I was like oh that's something I could do and then you're just like yep that's it yep and the rest Done. is history <laughs> and then you just said yep and then a bunch <laughs> of publishers offered you jobs and then you just wound up at a publishing company that is exactly how that works yeah no, how else how would it go <laughs> I don't know no because you went to grad school and then I you did. like did in- internships or something? Yeah, so I went to, so my senior year of college, I applied to the Masters of Publishing program at Emerson College in Boston, and I got my acceptance letter on my 21st birthday. Wow. Um, so the thought of having grown up in Arizona, where it's very warm, um, and moving to Boston was scary, um, but I did it. So I moved to Boston, <coughs> I did two years in the program, and then I worked in educational publishing there for a bit. I worked for Pearson, I worked for Houghton Mifflin. Um, and then I decided that like educational publishing was not really where I wanted my future to be. So I started looking for, uh, it's called trade publishing, which is the more like actual books that you think of. Um, I started looking for those jobs in New York and it took me probably like at least six months of applying to jobs in New York before anything happened. Well, it seems like what, there's like four or five big publishers and most of those people like stay there for a long time. Yeah, so it's called the Big Five. It's the five big publishing companies. I met Simon and Schuster. Are you taking notes? I'm gonna. I want to guess. <laughs> this is going to be on the is, test. Is Random House one? Yes, Penguin. Ran- it used to be the Big Six, and then Penguin and Random House merged. Oh yeah, can we guess the what they five. are? Sure. Okay, Simon and Schuster. Penguin. Random House Penguin. Random, random Penguin House. I mean, I think Random Penguin is the name they should have gone with if they merged, but yeah. I not listened to. Um, <laughs> I'm already <laughs> out. <laughs> Scholastic. 
I mean, they are not one of the okay. big five, but they uh, are. I don't know, Paul. Do you read books? <laughs> I watch movies based yeah. on books. I watch a lot. I could name movie studios. Yeah. You got Disney, and that's all of them. <laughs> anyway, <Yeah. laughs> next. Okay, what are you? Don't have to name them if you don't want to. No, I so. want to know. Okay, now. it's Harper Collins. Oh, I've, I've heard, heard of that Harper Collins, yeah. Hachette, and McMillan. The last two, I don't think I would no, know. No, they're not real. Harper <laughs> Collins, that's big time. Um, yeah. So, in addition to books, like you've always just been kind of a smart person. <laughs> and I say that with kind of like a snarl at the he end. He says of it. that as he's looking over at me, like Paul, you only watch movies. Yeah, Paul's a movie person, and you're a smart person. <laughs> that's the dichotomy right there. Um, but you, you have something that's kind of like the highlight of your your smart person uh, career, don't you? Like a certain experience that was pretty smart. So what Nick's referring to is the fact that I was on Jeopardy a couple years ago. What? <laughs> All right. The game show. The one what after is Wheel Jeopardy? Of Fort- <laughs> <laughs> when they called me to um, invite me to be on, I missed the call, and so I have a voicemail that I still saved on my phone because, obviously. Um, but the guy was it who, Alec? It was not, <laughs> sadly. Um, but the guy who called me was like, hi, this is like whatever his name was. He's like, I'm calling from a TV show called Jeopardy. <laughs> 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 I was like, oh, well, I, I guess that's how you have to say it, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, because like I'm calling in Jeopardy. Like <laughs> I'm calling Come from from me. Jeopardy Auto Insurance. <laughs> There's a I'm call, claim filed against I'm you. Calling from Jeopardy, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> My car broke down. Can you help? <laughs> Please wire me a thousand dollars. No, so you were on Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. How do you do? I came in second. Um, which I was very happy with. My main goal was not embarrass myself, mm-hmm. and I succeeded at that. So yeah, I feel like even the people who embarrass themselves, like the amount of guts it takes to like do that, and even just to like pass the test and get on the show yeah, in the first terrifying. place. Yeah, I think when I was younger, I used to watch those shows and be like, "Oh, these people are idiots! I can get all these <laughs> questions right." And I, I'd, and it wasn't even like it took me to like, my twenties to realize, oh, like on the spotlight, I wouldn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did you feel like the added pressure made you like not get questions you would have gotten normally? I think it made me more scared. So like there were a couple questions where I was like, "Oh, like I think I know the answer, but I'm not quite sure." And if I had been at home on my couch, I would have shouted it out immediately. Yeah. But so I just like hesitated, it didn't ring in, and then I would have been right. But it's just like the pressure of you're a lot more like hesitant. So I have a question. Yes. Do you like vividly remember a question that would have turned the tide? To make it go from two to one that you were like, mm, well, I want to do over. Final Jeopardy. Okay. Um, I missed Final Jeopardy. So I was in second going into Final Jeopardy. And the girl who was in third actually ended up winning. She was the only one who got it right. Um, what so was the category? The category was New York City Television. Okay. And, and you lived in New York City at the time. I did. And I the did question, live in New York City. Or the, the phrase, uh, I guess. I also, um, Simon & Schuster is located on 6th Avenue. Um, and the question was in the I think something like in the fourth season of this TV show, um, they moved their headquarters two blocks west to Sixth Avenue. I know the answer, Paul, because uh, I she's my sister and I've heard uh, the story. <laughs> but did you, did you know the answer? Would you have known the answer? Um, I know. I don't think so I would have. So it has, so it has this. to be a show about uh, it was Mad Men. What is Mad Men? Yes. Yes. That was the right answer. Paul. <laughs> you no, could have won Jeopardy. I don't, I mean, I don't, like the whole, when it starts getting to like what did, Madison what did you, what Park did you write? Lexington. What did you write? I said How I Met Your Mother. 
but headquarters. The university? Architectural firm? I also never watched How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Um, it, it wasn't headquarters. It was like the lo- they moved their main location. Oh, was, like, okay. Maybe the main character moved apartments. Like, I yeah. don't know. Well, I think when it gets to Madison Park in Lexington, like I don't think of those as real See, avenues. See, that was my problem. Is yeah. I was like, okay, two blocks like east of six. I was like, fourth? Like, Fourth doesn't ring any bells for yeah. me. I, I hadn't been in New York that long at the uh-huh. time. I will use that as a, I mean, it, like a year and a half, but yeah. still. Paul, if I were to say go two avenues east from 6th Avenue, where would you end up? Two avenues east from 6th Avenue. Madison. Oh, okay. Madman. Well, <laughs> Paul Madison. Okay. I, d- I don't know. I think of like Madison as like a half avenue, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> really? I view it as a full. Well, because it's between 5th and Park is the same distance as between 5th and 6th. Anyway, we're getting into a geography <laughs> podcast. Oh, my God. And this is, we, we can't keep drifting off like this. You know, the viewers Do you even know Manhattan? I have a vague idea. I live in Brooklyn, and I work in the southern end of Manhattan, and I don't go north of 14th Street. I'm um, the opposite. I don't ever go south of 14th Street. <laughs> so we never have been. We always meet on 14th Street. <laughs> <laughs> the miracle on Fourteenth Street. Yeah. <laughs> um. You're in deep thought right now. Oh, I can bring it back on track. Yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Uh, sec- coming in second place, I won two thousand dollars on Jeopardy. I always wondered, like, what would you've gotten? What was each tier? So first place gets to keep all the money that they had. Um, second place gets two thousand dollars. Third place gets one thousand dollars. Don't you also get like a lifetime supply supply of aspirin? No. Wait. <laughs> That's Sorry. not real. Bear is like one of the big sponsors, and it's always like brought to you by like Bear aspirin. <laughs> and so I don't know why, but I thought like you want a bunch of aspirin anyway. It was just one travel size bottle <laughs> to go. It's like here's two grand and a bottle of aspirin. Do you pay taxes on that, or is it yes, like you have to pay taxes on it? Oh, and it's also, not even like two thousand dollars. No, because they also don't pay for your flights or your hotel. So it's basically you br- you break even. Yes. So if you get third place, where's you're basically Jeopardy paying money. Wait, where yeah. is it filmed? It films in LA. So and oh, I so got to fly out to LA <laughs> on a month's notice. I had to buy plane tickets uh, to LA. A month's notice, find a place to stay with. <laughs> they do have a hotel that like they get a corporate discount on, which uh, they offer to mm-hmm. you. Did you stay there? Yes. It was a double tree. Were there other contestants? <laughs> it, it was not, not to brag, Paul, but it was a double tree. <laughs> Did, were there other contestants in the hotel? Like, mm-hmm. did you meet anyone? Yeah. Well, like we met in the lobby like that morning. Oh, okay. We super early to go. Um, was it like pretty cutthroat? Were you guys all like eyeing each other? And, no, like... everyone was super friendly. In the yeah. House, and like I still talked to a lot of them. How long did it take you to pick out what you were going to wear? Because I feel like I would go back and forth for stressful. hours. Did you have like, did they tell you guidelines? Like. Yeah, you. They were like, "Don't like no bright patterns, like nothing too busy because it won't show up well on TV." And you also had to bring three outfits in case you won and had to change your clothes for the next show. Mm. Oh, yeah, so they was, film back to back, right? Yeah, so they film um, an entire week in a day, so they film five episodes. Oh my god, day. that's exhausting. Yeah. And which episode of your day were you in? I was in the fourth one. So okay. they do three episodes in the morning, and then there's a lunch break, and they do the last two. So I was in the one right after the lunch what break. What would have happened if you won the last two? Would you have to fly back out to L.A.? You do. Um, so they tape on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So like, if you win the Tuesday show, you just come back. The last show on Tuesday, you just come back on Wednesday. Um, but they might have to fly you back. And if you have to fly back, they do pay for that. Okay. okay. Yeah. Very generous. So, like, uh, Ken Jennings, when he won, I think, 75 games, he had to keep flying back to L.A. I and would just, like, if I... Oh, boo, I'm sure, yeah. Ken Jennings, that mogul. <laughs> I don't know. I think at that point I would just move to L.A. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, I'm going to make a go out of this. Yeah. Like, step out of place for a bit. 
God, I think going fourth must like in the four. I would so much rather just go in the first episode. Oh, I would not. Really? Because the, there's all the nerves, and it's just like watching the show being taped for the first time. Like you get to actually like see how it goes. Uh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have an idea of like how it progresses and like how long it takes. Yeah. How I met your mother. <laughs> I know. I just it was. What did the other person guess who got it wrong? I don't remember. Um, I think maybe girls. Um, we were just like guessing. <laughs> Mad Men, <laughs> girls. I can yeah. see the. Um. And, like, my thinking was, I was like, okay, like, I'll just write How I Met Your Mother, and then I'll, like, try to think about it more. And, like, if I come up with something else, I can change my answer. But I underestimated how long it takes to write out How yeah. I Met Your Mother. <laughs> so, like, by the time you I did just write, like, H-I-M-Y-M. No. Have you watched Mad Men? No, I refuse okay. now. Oh, it like, just, it's yeah, I've, I've actually never seen it, but I oh. figure... Well, shout out to Mad Men. I love it. <laughs> I also work in advertising. I, so. I tried to watch it, and I couldn't really get into it, but I'm sure it's great. Everyone tells me, like, Paul, you would love it. But yeah, it's better than Nerve. I think if I had... <laughs> nerve? <laughs> Wait, are we talking about Nerve, the 2016 movie starring uh, Emma Roberts and uh, Machine Gun Kelly? Yes, exactly. <laughs> that took place in Staten Island? I love that movie. Wasn't uh, Dave Franco also in it? Uh, love me some Dave Franco. W- was Shout Dave Franco out. in it? Dave, you're probably listening, so what's up? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, call us back, please. I, I, I chill with uh, Dave and Allison Brie all the time. Uh, what a what a great couple. Um, Dave, please return my calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have, like, uh, was there, like, a favorite question on Jeopardy you got that you were, like, super proud of getting right? Oh, so there was one, it was, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was basically, who was O.J. Simpson's lawyer? Um, oh my God, but he had so many. But like the main one, the one who was like, art, oh God, it was either his lawyer the or the quit guy or the one that the guy it, from Friends played. No, that's, it was, um, if the glove fits, if the glove does, I don't really know I just, the details. If the glove fits, the glove it's Cinderella. Yeah. Oh my God, uh, do you know the answer? Uh, I uh, Who is, uh, it's not the Kardashian. No, no, it's not Kardashian. It's the other guy. Yeah, on the other side. He's gonna kill me. Uh, Rob something? No, no, that's Kardashian. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like once I once oh I, uh, Johnny uh, Johnny Cochran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so go. the reason I got that question right um, is from a Good Charlotte song. Um, <laughs> God, which one is it? Always oh, Johnny, Johnny Cochran. Lifestyles of the Rich and the yeah, Famous. Yeah, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. <laughs> I mean, I don't listen to Good Charlotte. <laughs> but it's like the lyric is like, as long as you got the cash to pay for Cochran. And then like, I knew that was the O.J. Simpson lawyer. So this question oh. was on the screen. And I'm reading it. And I'm like singing the song in my head. I was like, what was his name? What was his name? I always say to myself, there's going to be one time in life where like, you know, old 15-year-old Paul is going to be like, thank God I listened to Good Charlotte. And you <laughs> actually had that That's moment. That's what happened to me, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I really want to take the test. I think you I think I, I think I could get on. Mm-hmm. Not to sound cocky, I think I could at least get through the online test. I took the online practice test once, but not the real one. <laughs> no, because they only do the online test like once every six months, like the yeah. actual one. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You obviously <laughs> yeah, know this. You've like been through it. That's yeah. it. It seems hard, isn't? You guys ever see that movie uh, White Man Can't Jump? No. Isn't Mm-mm. isn't like Woody Harrelson's girlfriend the whole time studying? Well, there's no point asking this question now because you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> yes, she is. You're right. <laughs> All right moving on. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd rather be on Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune. Because uh, Wheel of Fortune. I feel like Wheel of Fortune. You can, you can win for. so much more money, though. Can you? 
Like, what, I, there was a thing the other day, like, some woman had, like, a million-dollar prize that she lost on the last clue. Mm. Yeah. It's like, Jeopardy, like, what, to win a million dollars, you, like, you have to go yeah, for a while. I just yeah. picture a board and a lady standing at the board, and she's like, how I met your mother, and it cuts to a board, <laughs> and it's just, like, add N. <laughs> missing the N. <laughs> Is it had head? Like, I had head for breakfast? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Wheel of Fortune would be fun. I think Who Wants to Be a Millionaire would be kind of fun, but I think that That one, seems stressful. stressful. Yeah, oh. like I'd be like, can you just turn the music off? <laughs> like, I feel like that's got to be so stressful. Yeah. Um, that'd be a good one. I think uh, uh, Press Your Luck, which they, they brought back They brought back as Whammy in like the mid-2000s. Yeah. We also, you watched a lot of Game Show <laughs> Network too. We watched a lot of Game Show Network. Game Show Network, what a, what a channel. Card Sharks. Um, card Sharks, Press Your Luck, Whammy. What, what year were you on Jeopardy? Because they just put them all on Netflix, by the way. 2016. I am not on, my episode is not on Netflix. It was in December 2016. Okay. Wasn't there a question about like Tupac or something you got wrong? Yeah, well, no one got it. Oh, okay. But it was uh, the question, like, I didn't answer because I didn't know, but it was like, um, there was an internet thing. It was like two white girls can't get, like, Tupac. Like, someone's, or, I don't remember what the question was, but it was like, maybe the answer was Biggie and it was, someone said Tupac or, like, something like that, but I managed to avoid Paul, would you have gotten that question right? Probably. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Biggie movie. Oh, well, yeah, then we're all set. Um... Cool. Is there anything else specific you wanted to talk about? Anything else you want to share about your life? Oh, I was going to tell you what I bought with my Jeopardy prize money. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a plane ticket to LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I chose to think of it as, um, so like I'd already bought the plane tickets in the hotel room and I got my check in like February, so I didn't have to pay taxes on it until the next year. So I was like, whatever, it's just all my money. Um, so I bought myself a digital piano, Oh. Um, which I now have in my apartment. What did you name it? <laughs> I didn't name it. Wow. Can we have an exclusive yeah. on the air? Note, you will not be able to change the name of this. You can have time to think about it, too, and come back to it at the end. Okay, yeah, please. Let's, let's come back to it. Yeah, because you, we both took piano lessons as children, but mm-hmm. you definitely took more piano lessons mm-hmm. and kept playing longer than I did. She I, also skipped a grade of lessons. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was like, you're done learning third-year piano. We go straight to fifth-year piano. Yes. Um, yeah, so I I quit after like three years, mm-hmm. and I really look back and I'm like, I really wish I would have stuck with it because yeah. I feel like I could have learned a lot. But I feel like you always like, even if you stopped taking lessons, you were still like playing and practicing and finding new things. Yeah, and so once I bought the piano, um, like I started to get back into it. So now like I take lessons. Um, I play in an adult orchestra at the Brooklyn Music School. I play in a chamber ensemble. Whoa, and cool. so to relate this back to my writing, um, now I have started to also like put music into my writing. Hmm. And so like that's kind of the aesthetic I'm going for now. Like the story I was talking about that just got accepted, um, it's like an old story that I'd been working on for years, but then I kind of like put music into it. And then it just like really made it work. So you're talented <laughs> and smart. <laughs> We already went over this. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, that's really cool. I've never been in a room and been the dumbest cone. <laughs> but <laughs> I have um, another story I really like of mine that it's about two women who are dating, and one of them can only speak in music, and the other one can only speak in math. Ooh. All right. Whoa. What is what is speaking in math? Does like? this does okay? So you also double majored in math, right? So I you, minored. So I majored okay. in creative writing and linguistics, and I minored in math. So you definitely have like both halves of the braid. Yeah. You have the, you have have the full braid. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty impressive because Paul only has the left half. <laughs> that's the good one, right? Yeah. That's the important uh, one. Yeah. Sweet. 
Um, a funny story about that is that I think it's left brain is your analytical brain and your right brain is the creative brain. Um, I think that's how it goes, but I always mix them up because I applied to Stanford for college and I wrote an essay about how I had both halves of the brain. Um, <laughs> but I mixed them up. Oh. Like, whichever one is actually the analytical one I said was the creative side. I'm pretty and sure none of that's true anyway. I'm pretty sure like all parts of your brain do everything. No, I Are there any neurologists true. listening? I, I, I wish <laughs> I could be clarify. in the room with the person reading your essay and be like, ha, she doesn't have both of them. <laughs> she barely has one. Oh, it's kind of fun. Um, so, okay, so that's cool. So you're like bringing other influences of your life into your writing, yeah. which I guess is what artists do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like eventually, like my eventual like years from now goal would be to have like a short story collection of music themed stories. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and so this one that just got got bought. Yes, accepted. Is it is it being published then? It will. Um, I don't have an exact date yet. Okay. Um, like in a collection of other short stories or? Um, in an online magazine. So like it's, oh, cool. it's going to be in one of their monthly issues with other short stories. Yeah. Well, we will put a link to it in the show notes if it comes out by the time this episode's released. Great. Uh, I have another one coming out on Tuesday. Okay. It's not music related, but that one's about the end of the world. Is that also going to be online somewhere? Yes. Okay. We'll put a link to that it, in the show notes. Is it also. zombie related? It is not zombie related. Okay. I don't know it's if I really like apocalyptic things that don't have zombies in it. Um, no, they're all. Very... Have you ever seen 2012? Like with John Cusack? Uh, yes. All right. It was not a good movie, but it was the best movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anything where I could see like cities being destroyed, I'm like, cool. Yeah. That's how I felt about Nerve. It was not a good movie, but it was the best movie. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so obsessed with that movie lately. I've never Nerve. heard of it. How many times have you seen it? Uh, I saw it once in theaters. <laughs> That's it? <laughs> That's it. But it's, I don't know. For some reason, it like stuck with me. <laughs> it um, resonated with you. Yeah. I was a good I don't know why we're still talking about nerve, but no, that's okay. Um, cool. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining us. This was really fun. Paul, Did you name the, uh, the oh yeah, piano? we have to go with the piano name. Um, Can we get a drum roll? <laughs> we do have drums uh, available. I am going to name the piano Chopin. Oh, Chopin. because after Louis Chopin, yeah. the jazz artist from the nineteen something. Exactly. Cool. No. Oh. <laughs> is that a real person, Paul? Louis, yeah. Oh. It, no, it, no, it is. Okay. We'll put it. I'm yeah. disagreement. Uh, listeners. No, I know because he died answer. when he was 27, which made him in the 27 club. Oh, okay. That so, might be true. F all of you. But he was just. Um, <laughs> forget it. I'm, I'm going to leave. <laughs> you know, Paul, what do you think about Reese's Puffs? I think we finished the, the last of our cup. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you guys. I'm not, not the biggest fan. <laughs> We're both personally. Offended. It's not. It's like peanut butter. Like the peanut butter doesn't like the chocolate. Really, will change a milk to be like super delish. The peanut buttery is. It's not doing it for me. I'm. I'm good to eat it all. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but two out of four. What, what's our star rating? You can rate it however you want. Five out of twelve. Five out of twelve. <laughs> All right, you know, I think it's hard for me to rate this unbiasedly because I think just tasting it kind of brings me back to a lot of memories of eating dog food as a child. Um, and, you know, I think it's one of those, one of those tastes that I, I, anyone who knows me knows that I love chocolate and peanut butter and anything. So I'm going to give Reese's Puffs two thumbs up. Can I give it seven colors of the rainbow? Yes. How many colors are the rainbow? Roy G. Biv, baby, seven. Seven. All right, everyone. That was this episode of Serial Thrillers. Thank you again for joining us.
from me to you, back to you. <laughs> we out.